0: Um, known as uh, the title of this morning's message is Year God's Building um, some of what I'm going to discuss today Rick discussed from the first hour um, and I just want to welcome those internet listeners this morning uh, Rick and Linda as you all know are in Chicago and um, let's open up in the word of prayer Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today, Father. I thank you for your word, the richness of your word, your inspired word, your living word, your breathing word, Father. And I pray, Father, as I share this, your word with this congregation, Father, that that it would effectually work in them that believe, Father, as your word says, Father. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the warm weather, finally. And Father, I just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Yes, I love the warm weather. Winters can, I'm glad winters are gone because I do not do good in winters. So the reason I picked out this morning's message is, one, I'm, I'm currently building a shed at my property. And it's the biggest shed I've ever built. And it's been quite a project. And I'm gaining, gaining on it. I got the OSB roof on the other day. And I'm hoping this next week I finish it. Uh, that's the plan. Depends on how hard I push my wife on this uh, project. She's been a a re- been a, a real help meet with me. Uh, hanging the hardy panel, there are 98 pounds a sheet, and I can't do it by myself. And so I cut about 13 pounds off because that's the height that I need to get it. And then we put it on a little four-wheel dolly, and we pull it over to the shed, and then I bear hug it up, and uh, she puts the shims underneath of it, and we get it. We get it set, but uh, that hard part's over with, and the OSB hard part of getting it up on the roof is over. So now it's just lighter stuff, which I'm thankful for that. So this morning's message, year God's building. In building this shed, you have a blueprint, blueprint. Hopefully you have a blueprint. I have a blueprint. I have a blueprint that was done professionally by a company that I used to work for years ago. And I just modify it concerning the length, or any modification I, I do. Um, we are God's building, and there's a blueprint that God has established in His Word for developing our inner man. As a building, how is our building going to look? Is it, it? We want my building is is plumb. It's got a foundation on it, and it's got a partial roof on it. And this is based on the blueprint, the physical blueprint that I have. If I didn't have a blueprint, my building might look something like this. and the water would run off. I wouldn't have to have much of a pitch on the roof, would I? But I, but I, I share this is because God has designed us, and He has a blueprint, His Word. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. 3, it says... 2 Timothy 3:16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the god that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now we know that the may be perfect is mature maturity. So we know that we have the word of God. This isn't just words black ink on pages this is the living breathing word of God it's like God is breathing to us I mean God when you you get to thinking about that as you're reading this word God is breathing to you because his word is life it's living it's living inside of us it's not about the outward it's living inside of us because as that as that Word is taken in, it reflects outwardly. So concerning this this living Word, there comes sound words. There's a form of a doctrine. There's sound doctrine. And it establishes a sound mind. So when we read the Word of God, there's a soundness to it. There's, there's not a confusion to it when we read. There's a harmony as, as Rick was saying in Romans sixteen twenty five. It says according to that according to is a harmony with the word of God. All Scripture has a harmony through it. Let's go to First Corinthians three nine. 1 Corinthians three, nine. I was telling my wife this morning, I said that uh, for last night, I was telling her, I said, I might be running over tomorrow. She goes, well, I'll be in the back when you get close. She goes, I'm going to be pointing to my watch and waving my hand. So if if you see her do that, you know that I'm going to, I'm going to cut it, cut it short. But I should, I should be okay. But um, she let me know that she says, well, I'll be pointing to my watch. So anyway, 1 Corinthians three nine. For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So, you're God's building. Man, what an honor. Did you ever think of yourself as God's building? We are God's building. The building reflects outwardly what is inside of it. You know, it's like I was talking to Hans at the after the first hour and he was saying, you know, Keith, he said, When I've talked to people and they say that they're a Christian, he says, What what does that really mean? You know, because there's a different belief system that they believe that they're saved, but are they really saved? Because they're not, as Rick said the first hour, following Paul's my gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.1 2 Corinthians 5.1 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do not groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Our outward man is a tabernacle. What counts is the inward man. This part in here. This is the part where the word of God is established in here this tabernacle this flesh here it's going to the grave it's going to decay it's going to go back to the dust from whence it came but this is going to return to god this is where our spirit and souls at and that's going to return back to god but in that inner man is established a sound doctrine a form of soundness a form of doctrine a sound mind that's what's being built in here. So there's a function. My shed that I'm building, its function is to store my handyman tools. And some of my wife's stuff, I'm giving her the whole whole one side of the wing, you know, and I'm going to limit that because we're going to build the shed on the inside based on how much storage we need for stuff. The last time I just put a loft in and it wasn't big enough. So we made this shed. Uh, The last one, first one was a 10 by 12. This one's a 10 by 16, 10 foot high. So it's going to have a loft with a six foot clearance. And we're hoping to get everything out of the garage so we can get both vehicles in the garage. But there's a function to it. But there's also a function that God has for us the inner man god's word given to us allows us to function as we should function here as believers as mankind let's go to 1st corinthians 3:10 1st corinthians 3:10 According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. So, Paul's telling us to take heed how we build upon this foundation. What's what's going on in here? That we need to take heed. We see from Romans 16.25, let's let's go to Romans 16.25. Rick mentioned this earlier, but there's a lot of folks here today that weren't here at the first hour. But I don't want to take anything for granted. I want everybody to understand where I'm going. Romans 16, verse 25. Now to him that has a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Only, this is the only place, well, Paul's the only one that mentioned my gospel. We know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are referred to the gospel. You could talk to mainline Christianity. They'll say, yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospel. Why? Because the gospel there, gospel simply means good news. That was good news to the nation of Israel. But Paul here specifically titles my gospel as he has a specific my gospel. He has specific good news. It's nothing to do with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let's go to Acts twenty thirty two. Acts twenty thirty two. Acts twenty thirty two, and this is Paul. Um, He's ministered to the brethren and I'm going to go into that later on. But right now I want want to, verse 32, it says, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So Paul is telling them the word of his grace. He said, Um, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build you up. So Paul entrusted them with the word of His grace to build them up because he was going to depart from them. So what has taken place with your building? You know, when I was building my shed, I was pondering the magnitude of, of God, of his design. You know, it it says in Psalms, uh, we were fearfully and wonderfully made and, and God created us and he knows exactly what we need to get us through this life. Because I'll tell you what, if I watch the news, I'm in trouble because I get to spin it and I got to get this word to get me stopped spinning. You know what I'm saying? Realize, you know what? Life is but a vapor. I'm just, it's here and gone. I mean, when you watch a a pot of boiling water and you see the the vapor go up, it dissipates. And, 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 And the Word of God says that's just, life is just like that. It's just a vapor. But man, we can get honed in on life. To such an extent, I'm, I know I do, and it says that no temptation is common to man has overtaken you. So I know if it's happened to me, I know every one of you out there go through the same thing. You know? I'm not reading your mail. I'm reading the, the living word of God, and that's what the living word of God says. So if, you, if you're if you shaking your head, no, Keith, I don't do that. I know I know something. I know you're lying. You know? <laughs> I do I do watch Meet the Press on Sunday, you know, but that's pretty much the extent of the news. My wife the other day she was, after I went to bed, she was watching the the news and and there was a, a program that was passed where new home buyers will pay forty dollars a month on their mortgage to help those people that are incompetent to have good credit. Isn't that nice to know? So if you fail, if you fail, it promotes promote you not to have good credit because the other person's gonna pay for you, you know. And then I started spinning on that. I says, well when is this going to go in effect? She goes, no, oh, this is new home buyers. I says, well I'm glad that's news. We're not gonna buy another house. You know? I say that now. I wasn't gonna do it. Just recently bought one, I think we've been in it about nine months, and uh I don't know if it was the dumbest decision I've made in life or if it's one of the smarter ones I made, when, when we sell the other house that we're renting out, I guess it'll all shake out whether it was a dumb decision or um, a smart decision. But I, but I say all that because life can really get a hold of you. And that's why we need the Word of God to get us back on balance. Otherwise, we're going to be, you, you're just spinning. You're just thinking about all these other things, and your mind isn't really where it needs to be. So, what has taken place with your building? I'm just going to share a few things that that we know that are established on the inward man that should be established on the in, inward man. Let's go to Romans 3.20. The righteousness of God. Romans 3.20. Romans 3.20 through 24. Romans 3.20. It says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through, re, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we know now the law was given to the nation of Israel originally, okay? And it was supposed to cause them to to realize we we need your help, God. But when they were given that law, they told the Lord says, we're going to do it all. We're going to do it all. And 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 they're program was based on the if and then program if you obey I will bless if you disobey I'm gonna curse you well we see all down through history they're in captivity they're going through curses and everything else even to the point when Jesus comes on the scene they're under Roman captivity so we clearly see that they had failed all down through there if they would have just realized you know what, Lord we can't do this on our own because the, the law shows us the knowledge of sin. But now there's a righteousness credited to us without the law. And that righteousness is of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So when we believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins, there's a righteousness that is credited unto us. And we're going to see in another verse that God was in Christ. So when God views through the blood of Christ, He sees you, He sees us blameless. Wow. Wow. To wake up every morning and to know that we're in the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God has been credited unto us. Only God was able to do that. Only His plan was able to do that. Justified by faith. Let's go to Romans 5, 1 and 2. this is what's taking place with our inside of our building therefore being Romans 5 1 2 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God so we have we're justified by faith we have peace with God and our building we stand. We're not leaning. This is this is me after after I watch the news. Okay, I get way out of get out way out of plumb. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen Second Corinthians five. 17 says therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away behold all things are become new we're a new creature in christ you know before we were saved we were in adam because when noah had seth seth was in the likeness and image of noah not noah adam i'm just checking to see if you guys are following me along here Adam, fallen Adam. When he had Seth, it was in the image and likeness of fallen Adam. So all mankind after that was what? Born spiritually dead. That's why we need Christ. So when we come to recognize what Christ accomplished on the cross, we go from being in Adam, spiritually dead, to being in Christ, spiritually alive. And that's when God in Christ views us through the blood we're a new creature now the body wants you know the, the the flesh still wants to rise up and that's where we need the word to keep that flesh in order to recognize we're dead to sin new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new. Let's go to the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5 18. And all, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We've all given the ministry of reconciliation. The minute we were saved, the ministry of reconciliation, how we were reconciled unto God by being in Christ. Now you have the ministry of reconciliation. You don't need a piece of paper to say for that ministry. The Word of God says it. There's There's your piece of paper right there in verse 18 to give you the credentials. If you don't feel qualified, you should feel qualified because exactly what happened to you, you can share it with the lost. Committed unto us... The word of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.19, 2 Corinthians 5.19, the next verse, it says, to wit, to know that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So now we have the word of reconciliation. Ministry of reconciliation, we have the word of reconciliation. This is where some people take this verse alone and claim it's universal salvation. See, right there they say, well, look, God God was in Christ, reconciling the world on Himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ. He's not mad at mankind out here. But to be in Christ, for you to be in Christ, you believe. And all mankind, universal salvation, this saying everyone's saved. You don't have to believe. And there's been people in this congregation, and when we was over in baseline, that I thought were true Bible believers, and they got a hold of this doctrine, and they ran with it, and I couldn't believe it. I says How can you take one verse out of the Bible and build a doctrine on it? See, that's the thing about the Word of God, the harmony of Scripture, according to, and harmony. Because over here, we we saw in, in Romans 3, 20 through 24, where the righteousness of God has been credited unto you for believing. This here doesn't say anything about believing. It has to harmonize. 2 Corinthians 5.20, 2 Corinthians 5.20, the next verse down, says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So now an ambassador. What does an ambassador do? A U.S. ambassador, say over in Iraq, represents U.S. interests to that country, Iraq. We're ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ here on earth today as believers. Wow, what an honor to represent Christ. You know, there's days where I'm thinking, man, Lord, how am I going to represent you? But it's not about me. It's about what He accomplished on that cross. What He accomplished upon the cross, like what Rick was saying this morning, No one knew anything about the cross until Paul. Then that mystery program, the dispensation of the grace of God, then we understood the finished work. When he said, it is finished, There is nothing more that you can do. But at the time when we read that in the gospel, when Christ died on the cross, and He says it is finished, we didn't understand what that that meant. Not until we get into Paul's epistles, Paul's my gospel, the mystery program, the dispensation of the grace of God, kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then we see the righteousness of, righteousness of God is credited unto us. We're justified by faith. We have peace with God. The ministry of reconciliation, ambassadors for Christ, the new creature in Christ, all that comes into play because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. So in the morning when you get up, in the day, and, and back in the day when I was in re- religion, I'd get up and I'd look in the mirror and say, "Okay, I got to, I got to get down and I got to confess my sins and, and 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 I got to ask for forgiveness here and I need to read the Word and I need to do this because I got to get back in right standing with God because the day before I failed in every avenue, in every area. But you know what? Today I can get up and I recognize, you know what? I'm in right standing with God, man. What a day! A day. Every day that we get up, we should be smiling from ear to ear. Our smiles should be reaching over here to the ears, you know, like a car, car, cartoon character. Because we got something to be happy about. It's not about us. It's what He accomplished for us. His finished work. In verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, made the righteousness of God in Him. For He, the Father, hath made Him, the Son, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Wow. The sacrifice he that Jesus paid for us. Sanctified. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.11. 1 Corinthians 6.11. 1 Corinthians 6.11 And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We're set apart. We're God's building. Not man's building. We're God's building. Ephesians 1.3 and I could go on all day long on what what's in this inner man, on Paul's gospel. Ephesians 1, 3. I'm just mentioning a few of them. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now, when you just think of, the, of, of a few that I've mentioned, there are so many more that you could expound upon by just read reading the Word, and you see it throughout. verse 14, "...the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession." verse 17, "...may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him." And it just goes on and on and on. Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Totally complete. There's nothing lacking in you. You are totally complete. 1 Corinthians 3.7. 1 Corinthians 3.7. God giveth the increase. 1 Corinthians 3.7. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And if you go over to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we see that when God gives the increase, it's the Word that gives the increase. And then if you go over to 1 Thessalonians 2.13, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, 2. it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe effectually worketh in you that believe so when we read this word and we believe that word we read that verse right there and we say you know what I believe that verse right there I believe his word is going to effectually work in me because I believe that it's going to effectually work in you you know when they built the the temple of God you know there was not one hammer sound on site, every stone was prepared off site and then it was hauled over there and it was slid into place. Man, talk about precision masons. So today, as the building is going on in the inner man and I walk by Brian, I don't hear any chiseling going on on the inside of him. Or I don't tell Brian, hey Brian, I'm. Do you believe that word? Because I'm really not hearing any pounding going on inside you. His word effectually works in us when we believe that. When we believe His word. Philippians two, Philippians two thirteen. Philippians two thirteen. God which worketh in you. Philippians two thirteen. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians four eleven through thirteen Philippians four Eleven to thirteen. Now that I speak in the respect of want, and this is Apostle Paul speaking, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding. Ye have well done that you did communicate my affliction. So we see here that Paul has learned to be content in whatever situation he's in. I know there's there's times where I'm not content in my given situation. And then I realize, you know what? I need to get back in line with the Word. I need to let the Word of God be the one that's effectually working in me and get myself out of the way, and let His word take place. 1 Corinthians 10.13 1 Corinthians 10.13 There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be attempted, to be tempted above that ye are able, but will the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Here we see that no no temptation can overtake you, that, that God is going to provide a way of escape. My grace is sufficient. Second Corinthians twelve nine. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul here we see he had, a, had a thorn in his flesh and he prayed three times for the Lord to remove it. And the Lord said, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So when we have something, a thorn, that just doesn't seem to go away, that's always pounding on the mind, that always wanting to distract, and we want it to go away, we need to just realize that my, that His grace is sufficient. Now you've got to realize that Paul... He was our pattern as as Rick, and I'm going to get into it here in just a minute, was a pattern for us to follow. Paul said three times in in his epistles, follow me. His doctrine, his form of sound words. 2 Timothy one nine. 2 Timothy 1 9 saved us called us with a holy calling who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began so this building the center man before the world began a plan a purpose for all mankind if you believe what an honor to recognize that he has a purpose for us he saved us how did he save us by his word we heard his word we believed his word believed it and we have a holy calling, and it's not based on works. 1 Corinthians 3.16 1 Corinthians 3.16 It says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? In 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul gives a warning, a notice. Take heed how he buildeth thereupon. 1 Corinthians 3.10. And I read this earlier. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Sound words. Form of doctrine. Sound doctrine. There's a blueprint that God gave to Apostle Paul in my gospel for us to build. How we build. In that blueprint, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. If we don't rightly divide, we're going to be in a mess. You're going to have this building overshadowing this building because there was a time when I was in the religious realm religious belief that there was a gentleman that each day we would share a verse I would share a verse I can't remember if it was et- how, how your eternally salvation is secure or how you could lose your salvation. I can't remember which one had the argument. But every day we would share a verse back and forth. That's before I knew right division. Well, I guarantee you the verses that you, that your salvation is not secure was Israel's program because that was based off the if and then program and the ones that we shared showing your salvation was secure, was Paul's epistles. But see, we didn't know about right division. We thought Israel's program, we didn't know anything about Israel's program. We thought it was just all one big program, that this whole book here was all about us. The Word of God is all for us, but not all of it is to us or about us. Now we see, we study the Gospels, we study the whole Bible. Pastor Rick goes through the whole Bible and studies it but not all of it is our mail. Paul's epistles from Romans to Philemon, that's our mail. If I got a mail, a letter in my mailbox from Susie, it was meant for Susie, and I, and it's, I get it, and I read it, and I'm going, well, this ain't making no sense at all. And that's exactly what the Word of God can be if you don't rightly divide. So in our building, inner man, we've got to rightly divide. That is a fundamental, basic fact. Second 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we don't rightly divide, you're going to be ashamed. Because you know what? When I come into the understanding of the right division, man, I was so ashamed of what I had taught for years. And what I believed in. And when I listened to Richard Jordan, and it was about right division, the scales like fell off my eyes, and I realized how this verse, that ain't for me, that's for Israel. You know, they, they have people have me pray for somebody, and they would die. But there's a verse in the Bible that says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, ask any one thing that should be granted on earth as it is in heaven, and the person dies. And I'd I'd be thinking, what is going on here? I believe this is the Word of God, but this verse isn't working over here. And then people say, well, you don't have enough faith, had sin in your life, or it wasn't God's will. But that ain't what that verse says. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name, ask any one thing. It doesn't say, if you have sin in your life, or if you don't have faith, or if it wasn't God's will, So we have to rightly divide. Recognize an apostle Paul as our apostle. That's another very important part. Second Timothy 111. 2 Timothy 111. Paul says in 2 Timothy 111, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. We're Gentiles. We're not Israel. We're not Jews. We're Gentiles. And it, here, it says right here, We're until I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Once again, the Word of God, all Scripture, God-breathed, inspired. Ephesians 3.8 Ephesians 3.8 Ephesians 3 8 says unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Recognize an apostle Paul as our apostle. Ephesians 3.7 Whereof, Ephesians 3.7 Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power in Colossians 1 25 Colossians 1 whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God Paul was made a minister according to the dispensation of God the dispensation of the grace of God to fulfill the Word of God. Because before Paul, the Word couldn't be fulfilled. He was made a minister to fulfill the Word of God for our inner man. Ephesians 3, 1-5. through 5. Ephesians 3, 1-5 For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read ye understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Paul's My Gospel, Romans 16:25. Romans 16:25. Romans 16:25. Now to him is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Paul states my gospel, a specific gospel. Romans fifteen twenty. Build upon another man's foundation. Romans fifteen twenty Paul says, Yea, so I've strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Paul didn't want to build on Israel's foundation, another man's foundation. He built upon my gospel foundation. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Now Rick shared this earlier this morning. Paul was a pattern to them which should hereafter believe. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all sectation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Paul was the first one and he was a pattern for all mankind a salvation thereafter these are just a few of the things in the inner man. there's so much more I just touched on a few but there is a warning in Galatians 1.6 in Galatians 1.6 Paul administered to the Galatians they had, they had been saved in Galatians 1.6 he says I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And we see in Galatians 3, 1 through 3, we see what they did. Galatians 3, 1 through 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? We received the Spirit by the hearing and then believing, not by doing the works of the law. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? They was reverting back to the law to be saved. And there's there's believers, religious believers, people that I've talked to and they they say well Keith that means I don't have to do anything I says you don't he did it all right here you just have to believe that and rest in that and that inward man is going to direct you of sharing the good news forth it. it's not about you and they said well I got, I, I got to do something you know because the flesh is in the way In 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2, 1 Timothy 4, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Paul says, especially that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Anything that is contrary to the finished work of Christ is a doctrine of devil or seducing spirit. 2 Corinthians 11.3 And Paul shares this as a warning 2 Corinthians 11.3 3. My wife's going to get ready to wave at me here in a minute. 2 Corinthians 11.3 3. But I fear lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled thee through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What Christ accomplished on the cross is a simplicity, he did it. It's all about him. And we see in 2 Timothy 1.15, you don't need to turn there, that all those that were in Asia had had turned away from Paul. He had ministered to them. And I've seen I've seen people here in our congregation, here and over at Baseline, that I thought were really solid believers. And they was chasing a rabbit trail. And I'd tell my wife and I'd tell Rick, I'd say, huh? how can you believe something like that? How could you get to that point? In closing, Acts twenty, Acts twenty, Verse thirty two. start at verse 38. And Paul's closing. He's leaving the brethren. He goes, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, some grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears and now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up for three years Paul shared with them and warned them one night and day with tears and now He's commending them to God and to the Word of His grace which is able to build them up. He knew the power in God's Word. He was able to relinquish His hold and say, you know what? I'm entrust- I'm, I'm comm- commending this to you. I pray that each day that As we read three chapters a day, as we study the Word, that when that traitorous word comes along, or the deceiving, or the bewitching word, that we'll have that word on the inward man that the sirens will be going, hey, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not according to. Something's not harmonizing to the Word of God. Because it amazes me, and I'm nobody, but it amazes me when I go and share the gospel with somebody and they reject it, I go back and I'm thinking, what is the difference of me from them? How can I receive it and they reject it? And to this day, I cannot grasp that because I am not a rocket scientist. I'm just a mere man. But how I can come to believe it and they reject it. And it's happened numerous times with me. And I'm sure it's happened with you. In closing, I I, I pray that the word of God richly dwells within you. And I pray that it the word that I shared today that it'll effectually work in you. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Father. I thank you for the brethren, the sisters here today, Father. We thank you for those that are listening via the Internet. Father, I just pray that as we go forth, that your word just continue to effectually worketh in us. And as Paul shared with, with the believers, the overseers, that he would commend us to your word and to your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.